Today's message comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 21, and it's entitled, Doing More. And no, that's not a typo. I haven't been out of the country so long that I can't spell correctly, but trying to be tricky here, and doing more is an acronym that we will explain in a little bit. Once again, that is 2 Corinthians, if you have your smartphones or Bibles, chapter 5, verses 11 through 21. And here is a reading of God's word. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope that it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but again giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is rather in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassador, ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. This is a picture of my wife and my daughter celebrating uh, her third birthday. She's not here today because someone took her out to lunch and she went out. But this is us. We are working uh, in the Philippines and we have been serving there for the last four years thanks to uh, this church and their support and their continued love. Our daughter here just turned three. Um, she doesn't know it, but we celebrated her birthday a whole month after, right? Thank God. So don't tell her <laughs> that we, we're not trying to win Parents of the Year Award, but that's us and this is what we do. And so the whole, whole church got together and we celebrated our daughter's birthday. But I show you this picture because we are blessed to be able to be representatives of this church as missionaries overseas. But I don't want to give you the same old typical message of missions, but I want to challenge all of you in today in doing more. And simply, you may be asking, so what is doing more look like? And today there's only one thing I want us to be thinking about, and that is the Ministry of Reconciliation. We as missionaries that have gone overseas, we are representatives of Christ. You've just read with us that we are ambassadors of Christ. And and the unique thing about that is that we are all called to this ministry of reconciliation. It's not about giving up our hopes and dreams in this world. It's not about throwing away all that we've amassed. For us today, what we see on the field is we need people that are blessed like you to maybe spend a couple of days out of their precious time throughout the year to come and teach others in whatever it is that God has blessed you to do. 
But the idea of reconciliation is one that we often in church don't express, especially in the 21st century, where forgiveness is not often given easily to other people, that especially that hurt us. And we, the church, somewhat look foolish because we talk about God's love with no example of true forgiveness or that love. But today, I do want to talk about more. And ministry of reconciliation is what we're going to talk about. Because here, when you look at verse 18, it says, God reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So God, first of all, does this wonderful thing. While we were yet enemies of God, he comes after us, reconciles us to him so that we can be in a ministry of reconciliation. It makes sense for us to be in that situation where we would understand reconciliation first so that we would be able to reconcile ourselves to others and maybe them to ourselves, but ultimately reconcile those that don't know Christ to God himself. So that is the first part of doing more. The second part of doing more I want to talk about is, I was trying to be tricky here, no, it's not a typo, that we are ambassadors, right, of reconciliation. Keeping with the theme of M-O-R, ambassadors of reconciliation. And here's what the Word of God says. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God is making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The things that God wants to bless us with does not happen just because we get to heaven and all of a sudden the transformation takes place there. This is who we are today. We are called ambassadors right now as you are children of God right now. You are forgiven right now. It's not something that we're waiting to become or something to come in the future only. We may get the crown of life later, but we are saved for eternity. And here... Christ, through Paul, says what? You are ambassadors. My mom, when I was young, she would say, when I was 12 years old, I was I'll run out of the house, and she would say, Charles, please don't go outside and do anything embarrassing. And I said, what's embarrassing? I'm only 12. What could I be doing that's embarrassing to the family name? Like, we're poor, right? What is this poor kid going to do? But she goes, look, you're still our child. Just Don't do anything embarrassing. And what she was getting at is, yes, I I represented the O family. If I did good, then somehow the people would say, wow, that family's good. And if I did something foolish, they would say, wow, that family's messed up. It didn't matter. It didn't change who I was. It didn't change the bloodline of being an O, let's say, just as much as we are called ambassadors. See, we don't have to do anything. That is the beautiful design of free will. But the title that's bestowed upon each and every one of us is that you, me, we are ambassador of Christ. And the thing that God desires most is that we would live our lives in such a way, so blessed that people would see Christ in us. And that is evangelism. It is not standing on soapboxes anymore. It's not telling people the the horrible details of the eternal life of what's going to happen after we die. But it's about sharing who we are and what God has done that allows people to see us as ambassadors of Christ. You don't have to do anything. But the thing is, if we are living for Christ, just the way we live every day, 
That is who we are. We show ourselves to be great ambassadors. And look at that beautiful line. See, when Paul was writing this letter, for those of you who have been keeping up with what's going on in Corinthians, they say this is his third letter. See, because the Corinthians, they thought they were right in the, they thought they were, you know, I can't say that word now, but they thought they were it. They were so in the middle of everything. Everything was happening through them, right? They were the most popular new Christians on the block. They were in the center of trade. Anything and everything hip happened through them. But with that came a lot of bad things as well. The old nature of sin or the feeling of privilege of being called Christians. Things went horribly bad. You read 2 Corinthians and Paul is trying to encourage them, hey, let's be better. And then he writes again here, let us be better in the way of reconciliation. Because that's what people will see. In Christ, when we start living as ones that are forgiven, living as those that understand the word, the difficulty of reconciliation, people will say, I see something different about you. And you say, well, I'm reconciled to Christ. And in my blessings, I just want to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And this is what he says here. Look at that. To make an appeal. There is no other God that we serve. There's no other God out there in the world of the many religions that makes this kind of a plea or appeal. No one else says, guys, you're my ambassadors. I will bless. You go out. But the key thing to what it is that I want you to do is to forgive. And in that forgiveness, people will see my love. Our job is not to go out and pick on these other people that are so-called living in sin. Let them do what they want. They're adults. But let us work on ourselves and understand that God has forgiven us freely for the things that we've committed and continue to do sometimes. And let the Holy Spirit work. But here's the appeal. That you in your life, I am begging you guys, my children, to know that you are ambassadors. And in that, uh, in that, being an ambassador for me, let the love of God be seen in your life. And that's the appeal that God makes. The next thing I want to talk about is being masters of, masters of reconciliation. You guys, there's a very popular show. I know we get, I think, a day late in the Philippines. Master Chef. I, I'm sure some of you are thinking, those are not the best chefs in the world. And I agree. But they're the most recognizable. And so doing more. So the acronym of more, I want to say, let us be masters of reconciliation. When a missionary goes out these days, yes, they have this grand notion that they're going out to save the world for Jesus Christ. But that's not the gospel. It is only Jesus that saves. It is our job to show the gospel and showing what it is that Christ did for us. But the appeal as a missionary, as a pastor, to say we need to be masters of reconciliation is simply this. If we can live a life of forgiveness and understand that we are forgiven. See, because we have a tough time doing that. We're so harsh Right? We're harsh to ourselves. We're such, we're the worst critics, I think, of all. You know, you've heard that story where a woman buys a beautiful brand new dress and 99 people compliment her and she's so happy. 
But there's that one who says, oh my gosh, that dress is so hideous. She goes home and burns it, right? She goes, what was I thinking? Why did I even wear such a hideous dress? But see, that's not reality. And, and, and what I want to say too is, we live in a world where everyone seems like we're scrutinizing us, but the one, the one's opinion that matters the most is that of God. And God says, you're my child. You're my ambassadors. And I want you to understand that you have been forgiven and you are forgiven. And if we understand that reconciliation that took place, because at Romans it says what? That while we were enemies of God, God sent his son to die for us. To reconcile us to him so that we could be free. That we would know his peace. That we could be able to share the love of God freely with those that come with us. I mean, come to us. But it's not just talking about hell or heaven. It's about living our life as masters of reconciliation. To be able to forgive those that have hurt us. And to be able to say sorry to those that we've hurt. There were only two people, after I rededicated my life, as they say, that I could not forgive. I had a friend who married my cousin, and they didn't even, he didn't even try to make this marriage work. And no matter how much pleading I asked him to do, he said, no, I, I don't want to live with her anymore. And myself, the human side, wanted him, I wanted you know, to take him like to a nice, nice mountain cliff and say, hey, buddy, can you look over? There's a beautiful view. I don't see, and I said, "Do you see it now?" You know, I wanted, and my human nature, I wanted to do that. But every ounce of me, the spirit in me, said, "You have to forgive, because in forgiving, you will understand the forgiveness that God has given you." And so, in time, I did, and I am the one that was free from the anger and all the things that hurt me. But one of the other people I couldn't forgive was my uncle. When I was 12, my sister was 10. I don't know if you have an uncle like this, but everyone has a crazy person. Can I say that? I'm sorry I'm in L.A., but I had a crazy uncle. And at 12, he tried to kill me and my sister. And uh, I remember that night was horrible. I don't want to go into details, but somehow by the grace of God, we survived. And this guy, he went up, he got locked up, he went to prison, and he made a phone call and said, hey, I'm coming out of prison, I want to come and visit you. And I was thinking, no, I don't think you should. Because my sister still has some bad experiences from that. And he was telling me, he was saying things like, Charles, but I've changed, you know, I met Jesus in prison. And I was thinking, Jesus? I mean, no, which Jesus are we talking about? It's just me. And I was thinking to myself, that's great, Uncle. I'm glad that you found Jesus. But I said, I don't think it's a good idea you should come. And I remember once again the Spirit saying, look, be smart. Don't invite him over to the house. But you need to understand that even God's forgiveness surpasses your own thinking of and wanting of desiring to forgive. So I forgave him, and I was free. Yes, I didn't let him come over to our house still, right? Because the pain was there. I understood at that moment even a deeper understanding of reconciliation. And in life for ourselves, if the world is going to see Christians that live out their faith, we need to be masters of reconciliation. We need to be more than just the words that we speak, but to walk in our life and the blessings that we have, everything that goes on in your life to take it to show the great love of God. 
And being masters, and why we talk about this, my wife and I have noticed that there's a change in the way missions uh, is going on, even in the Philippines. It used to be that you've heard this proverb, it said, give a man a fish and he has food for a day. Teach a man how to fish and he has to buy bamboo rods, graphite reels, monofilament lines, neoprene waders, and you can read the rest. Of course, it's a joke, but that's what it seems like. You know, we, we, we complicate so many things, but the truth of the matter is, this fisherman could do far better if someone who was a professional fisherman could come and teach him how to do that. Trust me. I remember going fishing with some of the people of this church once. We went deep sea, nice fish. I hate touching fish. I don't know about you guys, but I, even when the fish was on my reel, it's like, oh God, this is horrible, right? Can we just take it to a Japanese restaurant and like make sashimi out of it? Cause this, I don't want to touch it, you know? But how can you be one teaching how to fish if you don't even want to touch the fish? But if someone who is skilled in a certain area to be that person to come, even to spend a day with people in the third world, you would see the changes that take place. We serve a country of people that make 50 cents an hour. And any advice you could give, I mean, people that have come through to visit me and my wife, they just say one thing, like, as a graphic designer or as a contractor or even a VC or whatever it is God's blessed you to do, it's far worth more to have someone like that come and teach that person for even one hour than it is for me to share stories about the wonderful people that I get to meet in my life. And yes, maybe you look at this and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I don't know, a skeptic's really... Really? Is that what, yeah, I love Kevin Hart. Really? Right? Is that what missions come to? And the answer is yes. It's not about selling everything you own, like I said in the beginning. It's not about those things. It's about you just one day saying, you know what? I worked hard. My business is pretty successful. I'd love to go somewhere and teach them how to do something in there, in the place that they're at. And that's what makes a difference. That's what I mean. Because once again, you are an ambassador. To live forgiven, to practice forgiveness, and ultimately to live forgiveness. Because in that, and in the things that we do of masters of reconciliation, to come and to be that missionary changes everything in the world that we live in today. I know the old school, like even myself, maybe I'm one of the last few that give up everything and I'm not even special. But to go and give up everything that I've had, even to be a youth pastor at a wonderful church and then say, I'm just going to go and live there. Those people are still important, but it's not as important what we realize as individuals like yourself that are great at what you do to go and just spend a week it doesn't have to be all seven days. You could be suntanning on a local beach. That would be great. But one day to say, I'm going to have a workshop and what I'm doing. And you, believe it or not, can change the world by changing the lives of the individuals and practice that here. But I cannot stress enough this idea of reconciliation because Paul, his heart was broken, writing to the early church saying, why is it that we who say are Children of God can't do these things. And yet God has said to all of us that you are my ambassador. I implore, I ask and say, please, let us live a life of forgiveness. 
and watch your life soar even more than it has been now. Because trust me, I'm sure your story of someone hurting you is far worse than the stories that I have. But you have to ask this question, is God's forgiveness for me not so great that he couldn't forgive those others as well through you? And the sad thing about forgiveness is this. Those that hurt you, they could care less. They don't realize how much they hurt you. They'll go to sleep and nothing will, nothing has affected them. But the ones that get hurt, like us, we're the ones with restless nights, lousy work weeks, whatever happens, work days in our weeks, whatever happens, we're the ones that suffer. But when we understand the great love of God and the forgiveness of God, we are free. We are free to be the ambassadors that he calls us to. With the short limited time I have, uh, I would like to just show you some of the great things that we are able to do, my wife and I uh, and daughter, on the fields of the Philippines, um, because the church like this has decided that they're going to continue to send people that want to serve on the field. And it's not a challenge. I just want to show you all the blessings that are going on in our life as we live our lives as ambassadors. And I got to tell you, if if anything today, if you can think about doing more, please send us an email. We'd love to host all of you guys. We'd love to just be a blessing to you as well. But I'm going to quickly go through these slides, uh, talk about what's happening in missions for us in the Philippines. Here's my wife. I don't know if you can see her all the way back there with the light, but she works with children. About 20 to 30 kids gather in a small neighborhood area where um, they don't have much. Uh, recently, this picture was taken after 10 houses burned and there was nowhere to meet. So a woman said, please use my backyard to meet. And this happens every Saturday. And uh, God has blessed us in that way. Uh, one of the girls here, she has a bad skin condition. And the church, and through my wife and through some of the young people, decided, let's have a short cafe night, raise money. And they took money and, and they raised. It's not a lot. It's a lot in the Philippines. But they raised like $50. And they took that to the local doctor, and she's a specialist, and she said, what's going on? And so she goes, oh, she's had this skin problem for a while. And then she said, well, who are you guys? And they said, we're the local church that takes care of this girl, and we were hoping that you could help her. And we brought money, so we wanted to pay in advance. And the doctor was so moved. She said, from now on, you just bring the girl. I'm going to treat her for free. And that's what happens when we as ministers and masters of reconciliation live a life of forgiveness. And her skin condition got better, and then it got worse, and we're still trying to work with her. But that's part of what we get to do as well. Here, um, we work with the blind as well. My wife and I try to put ourselves wherever we can. And so one Saturday, they went out. And so the children in the foreground, uh, their parents are blind. And so we feed them monthly, and then we go out and preach every once in a while, and my wife is leading a time of prayer, but we go and pray and minister to them, and that's what we do to the, for the blind as well. And here we're playing for one of the parents uh, that are blind, and so that's what we do. We take all the small things that are given to us from the people of this church, and we get to do things like that. Here I'm teaching to what they call a spiritual life emphasis. God has blessed me. Uh, the Filipinos think I speak English well, so I, I get a I get invited to a lot of local universities and colleges. I speak to a lot of teachers there. They're 85% Catholic Christians, and so uh, they want me to help with spiritual life emphasis. So I'm there working with about 60 kids, uh, and that's what I, I get to do. 
this was part of the ministry, and then we move on. And so uh, this church also, members have donated a lot of money, and we're building uh, the gym to the school that I, we help serve at, and this is us carrying rocks. No one ever takes a picture of me working. That's so sad, right? Maybe because I'm not. It's so sad. <laughs> I, was trying to, I said, get, get this now. I'm holding a rock, but they, they never take a picture. And so that's the inside. Here I am trying to lift the rock, but uh, you guys, I don't know how to say this, but you do a lot more than you know, and I just want to encourage you to do, continue to do more, doing more. Here, uh, the house that burned down, this is one of the 10 that burned down that my wife uh, took a team of young people and they were cleaning up, as you can see. Uh, we were taking all these bags, uh, ministry bags that they prepared, and the bags looked like this. Uh, they prepared, I want to say, like 50-something bags. The church, the church took their small offerings, uh, the people of the church, and they were able to make these care packages clothes, socks, food, rice, and whatnot. But this is what I think the basic, basic part of doing more looks like. It's just your desire to, to be a blessing. That's us. Uh, I have lipstick on because this is the, the group of deaf children uh, that we also uh, get to work with. We're learning Filipino sign language. I lost, so I have that nice shade of red on my lips. And that's us, and that's more than my wife, uh, sad to say, has to minister to, to men because there's not enough male leaders. But that's another ministry that we do, working with people of the Philippines. Me, I'm mentoring a younger Korean missionary there. And that's what I get to do. These are the kids that we serve with all the things that you bless us with going on. And this is what the gym is starting to look like. And so we want to let you know that this, we're trying to be a community group. This is us playing games during Easter me uh, doing leadership training. Uh, that's part of what I get to do. And uh, Blessing seminary students. These are Pacific Islanders from New Zealand and Australia. There's my daughter right there, always in the picture. There's another group that we help out. And then I do leadership training for pastors also in the Philippines as well. But quickly, and uh, all the other young people, our missions trip down south. But this is what we do. I get to speak to a lot of, uh, at secular high schools, another spiritual life emphasis, and they allow me to do that, and so that we do that. So, But I just want to end with, I'm sorry, uh, the ki Christmas children program we get to do. We, we got so many gifts for them. They, these group of kids, they come to our house every Thursday, anywhere from 15 to 20 kids, and we minister to them as well. And so in closing, there's my daughter exchanging gifts. This is what they get. But I do want to talk about one thing at the end. And, uh, kids. and so... Ultimately, we do uh, what we do because it's not because we're worried about people going to hell in that way. We get to talk about the love of God. But the end is simply that, that people that don't know Jesus, they won't be in heaven with us. And unless we are willing to directly in our lives remember that those that don't know Christ will not be in heaven with us, and hello, they go to that other place. And it doesn't take the old school ministry type of missions. We can change the world by just doing more here. And that is the challenge I'd love to give to all of you and say, whatever God has gifted you with, let us do more. And let us just do more for the glory of God. And that is what I would like to share with you today. Thank you for allowing me to Share God's word. Would you join me in a word of prayer? 
Father, as you know, we are only able to go out to the place like the Philippines and be a blessing because your fellow, our fellow ambassadors here, your children in the States, they themselves are doing more. Father, I just ask that the Spirit work in their life to be a blessing, whether it be at work, their family, the things that are going on with their friends, just you would just penetrate every part of our life that we would understand that we are forgiven. We're not waiting to get to heaven to be forgiven, but we're forgiven now. That we are children of God now. That we are ambassadors now. That you call us to be priests and witnesses and we are called those great things today. And I ask, Lord, all the wonderful messages that came before through Pastor Ken and all the other wonderful leaders here would just be continuing to work in our hearts that we would do great things for the kingdom. Father, this wonderful EM group, these wonderful people that gather every Sunday that I would ask that they would know blessings untold that every part of their life would just just show, have the fragrance of love, grace, and mercy. And let us know every day just how forgiven we are, just how much you love us. But let us, Father, continue to live every day knowing that you, as they say, have taken care of us. We thank you so much for this time. And once again, my prayer today in the ministry of doing more is not just reconciliation, but Lord, one of blessing. Lord, bless my brothers and sisters here greatly in everything that you've called them to do. Bless, bless, bless. And may this church be the salt and light wherever they go they would be a place, a safe haven for those that want to know you to come here not only feel the presence of God, but know the love through these wonderful people. Bless, Lord, bless, bless even more. I thank you for this time. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.